And now, from our studios in Kansas City, Sci-Fi For Me Radio is live from the bunker. Hello, everybody, and welcome. We are live from the bunker that would be the super-secret underground bunker deep beneath World Headquarters here in Kansas City. Welcome to all of you on this Thursday, the 23rd of March, which happens to be our 14th anniversary. Give a shout out to everybody who is listening to us on the various podcast platforms. Looks like we picked up some listeners in the Kingdom of Jordan. Welcome to all of you. And of course, this uh, reminder that you can find the live video uh, because occasionally we have some visual aids and it would be good to have that. And uh, of course, there's the... uh, comment section if you ever want to uh, leave a comment you can send us an email live from the bunker at sci-fi for me.com join our discord server <laughs> our discord server where uh, the conversations happen after the shows and I imagine that after this show uh, the conversation might be kind of lively because we're going to be talking about lots of stuff going on over at the Walt Disney Company, and uh, joining me to have that conversation, Mr. Cameron Pasha. Welcome, sir. How are you? I'm good doing good. This is I'm uh, darkly silhouetted here, so I'm gonna kind of <laughs> angle my camera so you can see my face. Okay, I think that kind of works. You know, it's that special dramatic backlighting, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Just uh, I'm I'm in I'm in this office that I have to use right now, and uh, it's. And it's kind of it's kind of dark. Okay, you know this this might do it. Oh, so it's not a, it's not a great background, but this 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 it's it's about as good as we're gonna get. So that that works as long as you're here and and you're healthy and and whole and everything's good. So okay, so lots of stuff happening over the last yeah. week or so with regard to the Walt Disney Company, not just over at Lucasfilm, but we we start off I guess with Victoria Alonso's firing. And it happened last Friday. We didn't find out about it until Monday, I think, is when the trade started to report it. Very quiet mm-hmm. over the weekend, which was a surprise. And, of course, this is that shock. How how could this happen? How could this be? And you've got some theories on that. Plus, we've got a lot of different other things. So why don't we bring everybody up to speed and go from there? Sure. Well, as you mentioned, Victor Alonso was essentially the number two at uh... – at Marvel Studios, uh, and she's been there for 17 years. A uh, very powerful individual, had major influence on the stories of Marvel in the various phases it's gone through, uh, its casting and, and all of that. And, uh, you know, she earned a reputation of having a particularly progressive political point of view that she really was very open about about guiding Marvel towards uh, and shaping its storytelling in that direction. And not everyone in the audience was, was satisfied with that. And then, and then, you know, she also she also dealt a lot with with visual effects, and uh, as the trades have now subsequently recorded, uh, reported, and other news uh, agencies have reported, you know, she made a lot of uh, people unhappy on the FX side. They didn't always like the way she was managing relationships there and and the processes. Right. And so there there's there was uh, a lot of uh, 
opposition to her building up over quite some time. However, uh, she was seen as someone who is frankly untouchable uh, because of those political positions and because of her identity. She, she's a, a Latin woman, Latina. Uh, she's LGBTQ, I believe. And you know, and she's very open and passionate about about progressive political causes, and even even had the uh, the the courage or the temerity, depending on how you see it, to publicly challenge Bob Chapek when he was a CEO during all the Florida legal drama that was happening under his tenure last year. Right. And you know, there were people, there were a couple of people that that publicly challenged him. There was Peter Rice. Uh, who publicly challenged him, uh, essentially putting out his own press release saying, I don't think the, uh, you know, Mr. Chapek is handling this in Disney value sort of way. And a few weeks after that, he was very unceremoniously fired. And then she herself, I believe it was at, at a GLAAD awards event, uh, Ms. Alonzo uh, made very public criticisms uh, of Bob Chapek. And at that time, I thought, okay, well, she's finished. She's, she's not even as powerful as Peter Rice and he's out, right? But she survived. She survived. She survived you know, all of, uh, of Chapek's reign. And then people assume when Mr. Iger returned to power that, you know, he, you know, she had been, she rose to power under his regime, that she's going to be safe. And that uh, if, if Chapek can remove her, Iger is her ally. And then to a lot of people's shock, uh, she was removed quite unceremoniously. Uh, the initial uh, reports in the press uh, were no reasons have been given, which indicates a firing. Normally, if someone is let go, even normally, even if someone is let go, they they usually create a cover story and they say they want to spend more time with my family. I'm stepping down. Give people at least the dignity of leaving in that fashion to not right. burn relationships. But this was quite aggressive, and you know, Fortune magazine actually quoted me, uh, and you know, because I called it a guillotining, and they quoted that. They said that this is a uh, something that was really a very unusual and was going to cause shockwaves in Disney, and and it and it did, and we'll talk about that today. Well, now, what would what would you make of the reports? And I guess we could call these rumors, but there mm -hmm. there was something that I saw at one point to the effect of Kevin Feige being afraid of her, even mm -hmm. at uh, at one point. I mean, Chris Lee uh, has a thread over on Twitter talking about the various different things with the regard to the visual effects houses and how that relationship had soured over mm -hmm. the years because of her and and this kingmaker status she apparently enjoyed where if if you're in her you're in her good graces if you're on her side then you benefit from that but uh, heaven help you if you cross her and that doesn't make for a very good working environment well I, i've worked in environments like that i've worked with managers who manage like that it it, it never leads to a good outcome and often it doesn't lead a good outcome to the manager whose philosophy of management is that, right? No. Uh, they usually at some point build up enough resistance that something happens to remove them from, from some authority. Uh, I've seen that with my own eyes on projects I've worked on. So, yeah, I mean, so that's what, what we know publicly. Uh, that's what's been publicly revealed in, in the, the official mainstream press. You know, that there's there's a there, that, you know, she was didn't have a pristine record in her in her business management relationships. That's, I think, clear. Uh, I, on my Patreon, uh, uh, received a contact. Uh, it was a new contact. Uh, somebody's a long-term Patreon member who's been a very long-time member, so I trust them because they've been there for over a year with me. Uh, and then they happen to have relationships with people at Marvel, and they reached out to me saying, "Here's uh, my person." They revealed, you know, who the contact was and what they were doing at Marvel. So, assuming that they're not completely falsifying that, the person that they're talking about would know these things. Uh, and then this Marvel insider, uh, through them, uh, reported that uh, what you heard, which is that Mr. Feige was afraid of her. Uh, he, he was afraid of, her. and you know, she's his his underling. Uh, right. She's his employee technically, right? And so, uh, you know, which kind of explains why 
even Bob Chapek may have been afraid of her. He couldn't remove her. <laughs> I mean, Peter Rice was out for criticizing him, and 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 Chapek didn't do anything against her. And I think I think she's made she had perhaps short term wisely and long term unwisely had embedded herself in the media, and pre- presented this public image of you know I'm I'm a leader of LGBTQ and progressive causes inside of Disney. So she felt that 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 created a shield for her. And to a large degree, it did, because people seem to be afraid to remove her for being accused of, especially under the hot buttons of all of last year, you know, you're anti-gay, you're anti-this, you're anti-that. And so uh, apparently Mr. Feige was was afraid of her, for I'm sure that and other reasons, uh, I'm sure working 17 years in the company, it, whenever you work 17 years in the company, you know a lot about your boss. Uh, yeah. You know, you, you develop relationships, you understand and we all have embarrassing things, some more embarrassing than others over 17 years. And I'm sure she had information on Mr. Feige that, you know, you just don't, you don't want me to be an enemy. You don't want me looking to this press. You know, this will embarrass you. Let's just keep it calm and civil in the office, right? And so my source said that he was afraid of her and he wasn't going to act against her any more than Bob Chapek acted against her. Uh, and then my source said that's why Bob Iger had to step in. So this source is claiming that this firing came as a direct order from Iger himself because Feige refused to act out of fear of repercussions. And then Mr. Iger said, okay, well, if you're not going to do it, I'm going to get this done. I don't know if he told Feige, go in and tell her I'm this is from Bob or he did it himself through an underling. I don't know that. But apparently the actual order removed this person from the company came from Bob Iger because Feige wasn't going to do it on his own and wasn't his idea, apparently. Uh, And so and that was earth shattering for Hollywood. They they didn't see it coming. There was no warning. And she wasn't given much like Peter Rice. She wasn't given the dignity of uh, of an escape plan or some kind of excuse. And I'm going to spend time with the with my family. Uh, Thank you. And she didn't get as far as I'm aware. She didn't send out a goodbye email, which is very standard. Uh, You know, Bob Chapek wasn't Bob Chapek wasn't given that opportunity. Either. He was, you're out, you're gone, right? Yeah. Don't come back to the office on Monday. So th- that's when that kind of stuff happens, you know, this is an aggressive action by people who are adversaries to remove someone. Well, and and you have that coming after how many how many months where there was speculation that she was going to get more responsibility, that she was mm-hmm. going to move higher up in the corporate food chain. And you know, this firing comes just days after a movie that she's involved in gets an Academy Award nomination. I mean, you would think she's got all of this, you know, all of these laurels to re- to rest on. Uh, her position would be re- relatively secure. So that raises the question, you know, if she can be fired, mm-hmm. who is safe? Well, that raises that question. And so now I'm going to mention some other sources. So this new Marvel source is is a new source. I don't know if I'll ever hear from them again. But I have other sources that have been very, very uh, trustworthy and have uh, scooped things. Uh, A source, and I give them all code names. Someone said they sound like Tom Clancy code names. Maybe they are. Uh, But one source that that I've codenamed Bluebird has been long, uh, you know, contact for well over a year. And they were the ones that a year ago... Uh, they work at Disney, and they. I came in one morning at you know, and start start came work. I'm working from home, you know, as a writer. But I opened my computer one morning, and I received this message from this person saying, "Well, I just showed up at the office, and uh, and there's this memo from Bob Chapek that they're you know about uh, that they're going to get out of politics, and and they're not going to get involved in the Florida uh, legal con- you know controversy and stuff like that." And I was like, mm, "Really? I haven't seen that anywhere." I hope you're not lying to me. And then I put that out there. And then an hour later, Variety put the same memo out word for word. So I, I knew this person was at Disney, received the memo on their desk in the morning. And then thereafter, the other big thing they did, which was very big, Bluebird sent me the information that uh, 
that Bob Chapek had uh, had had uh, put in hiring freezes uh, at Disney. And again, I having trusted them in the past, I said, all right, I haven't heard that anywhere. I'm putting that out there. And I didn't hear anything for two days. I said, maybe I've been suckered. Maybe I've been taken for a ride. And 48 hours later, all the trades reported it, yeah. right? And so this person is trustworthy. And so I just want to give the background of that. So this person then came to me uh, and, and, you know, and, and said exactly the phrase, Jason, that you use, which is no one is safe. You said, this is, you have no idea how, how significant this firing is. If Ms. Alonzo can be removed, it's a signal that any, anyone, and he emphasized anyone, and he said this, uh, I, I'm not saying this, he said this. He said this, even someone like Kathleen Kennedy is not safe if someone like Victoria Alonzo, the number two at, at, at Marvel, uh, essentially the vice president of Marvel, for all of its purposes, then, you know, is, is out. Um, and so that, that's how extreme that, uh, that action is. Well, and that, and that takes us to your latest post over on Patreon with the mystery uh, that is the apparent disappearance of Kathleen Kennedy, because according to your uh, mm-hmm. insider there, I guess Sparrow, uh, and yes, uh, Cameron is giving his context code names uh, all over the place. By the way, uh, hi to everybody who came over from Culture Casino's uh, channel. Good to see you, Raid. Culture's a wonderful guy, and I'm glad you're all coming over from me. He's a really good channel. And uh, so you've got this post, and some of it is talking about what you deem the flying monkeys uh, looking for any kind of a story kind of spitting in the wind to try to save their jobs, but... Uh, Kathleen Kennedy was supposed to, was apparently going to have a, a one-on-one meeting with Bob Iger at one point sometime this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, that, that and, I'm, as far as I'm aware, that's still on. Okay. Uh, you know, so let me give context of this to those who don't follow me on Patreon haven't heard this. So Sparrow, who is a very controversial source, a lot of people said, because this person inside of Disney slash Lucasfilm, one or the other, possibly both, this person uh, has provided a lot of very, very, very detailed information that people simply said that's not – that. You know, that can't be true, right? And it reached such an extent, Jason, that I was like, you know, this the level of detail information and and the fact that no one else seems to know this is troubling me. I need to meet with this person and confirm their identity, right? right. And I, I declined to move forward with further things until we, until we met and uh, if they were willing to meet. And they were. And I did have a personal meeting with Sparrow. I met them. I know who they are. I know who they are within the system inside of Disney. I, and they've explained to me why they're doing this, which is... You know, there's there's a lot of personal issues with Miss Kennedy involved, but there's a lot of they're, they're very aware that, that this stuff is disrupting things inside of Lucasfilm. And so far, no one has identified them and they're happy about that, but they are intentionally sure. putting them out there. So so I've now again, I have confirmed who they are. Uh, it's always possible. It's always possible that you're being given misinformation from people inside of a company. That's always possible. You know that, Jason, as a yeah. journalist yourself, right. you know, everyone has an agenda uh, sometimes. You know, and there are efforts within media companies to seed false information uh, based. One of the things that uh, that convinced me just what happened this week about Sparrow's uh, the disease is, and then we're going to get to what he's talking about, uh, Kathleen Kennedy. And when I say he, it could be he, she, they, them, it, right? I'm just using that <laughs> in generic. Uh, so they, uh, the Sparrow, uh, uh, earlier this week sent me a message amongst many things saying that uh, Damon Lindelof's movie is done. He's not. He's he's been told he's out. He's been told to shut up talking about it because he's been out there even as early as as, as late as last week out there. How, how you know how great his movie is going to be and all these you know our friends on YouTube and various fan sites are like this movie's happening. It's going to have Grogu. It's going to have all this and it's going to lead into the sequel trilogy and all, all these stories. Right? right. They were being put out there only as only a few days ago. And then Sparrow said uh, uh, on Monday, uh, I just want to let you know, Damon's been told, shut up, stop, 
it's not authorized. In fact, we're done. We're publicly, we're telling you you're done and you need to now publicly let people know you're done. So said that, 24 hours later, to the shock of many people, Damon Lindelof publicly came out in the trades, in deadline, and said, well, I'm out, I'm out. Good yeah. luck, you know, movie's going to continue. Sure. I mean, so, I mean, there's that There's that right now. I mean, I put that out there on Monday and Tuesday. The thing that people said wasn't going to happen, happened. It came from Sparrow. So that's further proof just this week that they know what's happening internally. So the information, they gave me a lot of information this week. Let's answer the specific thing you said, which I put out last night because I reached out to them uh, to find out any, any further stuff. There's a lot of chaos happening. And... They said to me something that that they were surprised by. Uh, they said, and it was they framed it as a mystery. Sparrow said, uh, "Ms. Kennedy has disappeared from the office. We don't know where she is." Uh, Sparrow doesn't know. Uh, apparently, others at Lucasfilm don't know. Uh, Sparrow claims her office is locked, and she hasn't been there for quite a few days. Hmm. Specifically, Sparrow says the last contact that people had inside of the office with her was the day, and it was about 10 days ago, it was actually, we can actually track the day that it happened. It, it was the, the the day that there was, um, if you were, we're going to talk about it today, the, the lawsuit brought by uh, executive producer Karen McCarthy against against the Acolyte and Lucasfilm, uh, what that was announced in the trades, it's not, it's not speculation, it's, an, it's a legal lawsuit, it's in the trades, right. and uh, Sparrow had reached out to me that day and said, just want to let you know, this has caused major turbulence inside of Disney all the way up to Bob Iger. And that Sparrow claimed Bob Iger, this was 10 days ago, Sparrow claimed Bob Iger has demanded that Kathleen Kennedy come in for a personal, not very happy meeting face to face. Don't want to talk on the phone. And it's going to be a very formal meeting. I want you to explain to me what's happening on this Acolyte project, why we're being sued. I want you to give me all the information and you're going to meet me in person at the office, come to Disney. Uh, you know, and I believe she's up. She's up in, in San Francisco, which is where we're But it's not come down here, right? So, and so Sparrow now said last night, that is the last contact we had with her. Hmm. Uh, we have had no contact. She essentially vanished after that. Uh, she may be talking to people privately, but Sparrow hasn't seen her around the office, doesn't know what's going on. Uh, the door's been locked since that day. And there, and to Sparrow, who has incredible amount of knowledge, and they're able to even get me information on budgets of, of projects, they're like, I don't know what's going on here. So, And we left it at that, which is quite shocking, which is, which is quite shocking that... And with all the stuff that is happening, with Lindelof being let go, uh, and you know this lawsuit, then Miss Kennedy would disappear. Right. Uh, it's shocking to people outside the industry. It is not shocking to me because that's the moment when people realize the the, the, the jig is up. Right. It's over. Uh, and it, you know, someone on my Patreon who was a former uh, person executive in Hollywood laughed and posted on the Patreon. This they had left the industry, you know, twenty years ago. They said this reminds me of all the stuff I saw in the eighties when various. <laughs> Big, big Carol Co. and all these big companies that were major film financiers went bankrupt overnight and their CEOs just vanished. Yeah. Like, no one knew where they were. This is, there was like five of them in the 80s, happened one after the other. This is the kind of thing that happens in Hollywood where people, this is a prominent person. Can anybody find them? Right. I speculate, I spec, speculate on my Patreon, I speculate here, uh, assuming the story that has been told to me is true, and I believe it to be true because the source keeps being proved right, assuming that Ms. Kennedy is not in the office. Uh, you know, then my speculation is that the moment she was given the alert, you need to meet with the, the CEO of Disney and have a private meeting about what's happening on the Acolyte. Uh, you know, I'm sure she was told, bring your records. I want to talk to you. I want to see what's going on. I'm sure her next call after that was to her lawyers. And the lawyer said, get out of the office, take whatever files you have, lock the door, bring them here, show them to us, and we will present a formal defense for you if there's some kind of, if you're, if anyone is being accused of malfeasance in here, we don't want you to go down with it, and we need to see everything. Yeah. So I think that is the likely 
perspective of someone disappearing from the office and locking their door. So I guess even the janitors can't get in, right? And so it's just keep all the information out and let us see it so that when you meet, Sparrow has claimed, and this could change, I don't know, Sparrow has claimed that this meeting is supposedly happening tomorrow. I don't know if that's true. I don't know if it's going to be on the books tomorrow. I don't know if we're going to hear about it tomorrow. I'm just sharing you what they told me. Right. Meeting Bob Iger supposedly tomorrow, which will explain why she has vanished for 10 days, because that's 10 days of sitting down with lawyers and going over records and, and coming up with a narrative that says, I'm innocent of anything you're accusing me of. And and I was just about getting ready to ask if anybody had had put eyes on Frank Marshall. And Stephanie mentioned he's producing a Broadway show in, in New, New York. York. So I, I, I don't know if he would have any comment or if he's made any comment on any of this stuff. I imagine he probably hasn't. I don't but, think. I mean, I don't think he ever comments publicly. He, talk, yeah. he talks. I mean, enigmatically sometimes, saying things like, "Well, that's not true," but you don't know what he's saying. He just tweets that, right? Yeah. What is not true, right? So I don't think he's going to get involved in this. I think his advice will be to his wife. They've been in this industry fifty years. Just look, you know, figure out a narrative, work it out with Bob, and and throw under the bus whoever you need to throw under the bus. What are the odds? And I'm I'm guessing that they are long, but what are the odds now that Victoria Alonso has proven nobody's safe? What are the odds Kathleen Kennedy is ousted before we her suspected time in about October ish where she was supposed to be on the way out? I mean, and what does this do to, to Star Wars Celebration? Because we kept hearing Star Wars Celebration was supposed to be this big thank you, Kathy retirement party for her. Indiana Jones 5 is her swan song. It's going to be her big golden parachute on the way out. Now, how does all of that get affected? Well, uh, I will say that the uh, a week ago, I had responded to someone on Patreon asking me that exact question, saying, do you think, think she's going to be out? And I said, that's not possible. I think they've settled an agreement with her and that it's, it'll all be taken care of, you know, step by step according to their agreement. I now think I no longer think the possibility is zero. Do I think it's 50%, 40%, 30%? No, I don't think it's that high. I think the, the end result is someone that powerful will eventually land on their feet and they'll they'll maneuver their way out the way they plan to. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think the possibility is zero now uh, that she would be removed uh, in the way Ms. Alonzo, Ms. Alonzo was removed because that was a shockwave. No one saw that coming. Our friends on YouTube didn't see that coming. They wouldn't have believed it if I told them. And uh, so I don't think it's impossible now. I But I, my bet remains that she will throw other people under the bus. So if all of this is correct and I'm not being misled or misguided by someone inside of Lucasfilm, if this is all true, then I the most likely thing, Jason, that I think we're going to see, assuming this meeting happens tomorrow, is that perhaps as early as next week, we're going to hear about exits at Lucasfilm, uh, possibly within the story group. Uh, and, you know, and I think the real ringer that will prove this narrative is if Ms. Hedlund, if it's announced that Hedlund's project is officially canceled in the way that Lindelof's project unexpectedly was announced, he's not doing it, right? Because right. there was no build-up to that. The build-up was the opposite. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming. It's going to be great. Grogo's going to be there. Ray's going to be there. It's going to resurrect the sequel trilogy. And then, it's done. It's done, right? Well, so except I, you have this one story out here about Stephen Knight stepping in to write that project. And and your your theory is that this is coming from him and not from Lucasfilm. Well, right. so let's look at it. the actual. This is a, a variety report that other trades are now following up on, right? Yeah. Uh, it's a rich variety. I think you've got the Hollywood Reporter up there. It's following up on Variety's exclusive report. And in the original Variety report, uh, Lucasfilm declines to comment. 
when 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 asked about it, right? right. Uh, in the same way, they've kind of declined to comment about the Damon Lindelof movie all this time, right? Uh, the difference with the acolyte, they've been putting out stuff on the acolyte, whereas with Lindelof, it's been Mr. Lindelof talking about it, right? And the Lucasfilm quietly just stays silent. Sparrow had told me some time ago what I suspected was true, that Mr. Lindelof had never been authorized to make the announcement, that he was basically trying to bring his career has been a bit of a doldrums for a couple of years, and he's trying to get his mojo back, and he jumped the gun when he probably had some conversations with Kennedy or Carrie Beck or others who say, yeah, we'd love to do a movie. Yeah, maybe bring the Shermino Bay tonight. We'd love to work with her. And just with that kind of thing, he ran off to the trades and, and announced that this thing was there, and then they, Sparrow said, yeah, Sparrow said that, it, Sparrow claimed at the time that that Miss Kennedy was quite startled. I was like, I didn't authorize this announcement. And then, okay, well, where are we going with this? And so it appears, my instinct is it's happening yet again, because we already saw it once, yeah. with Miss Lindelof running around half-cocked. And the, this gentleman, now Mr. Mr. Knight is a is a very talented screenwriter. Uh, you know, he's had an unusual career. He's made a lot of independent films. Uh, you know, he he made one movie that was, Oscar-nated, uh, that was nominated for an Oscar uh, back in 2003, but he hasn't really been a major, he's done some TV, he's, he's doing Peaky Blinders in the UK right now, but he's not a major player, even in the way that Mr. Lindelof is in the Hollywood system nowadays. Yeah. So this would be a major career boost for him to return to the Hollywood game. And I mis- my initial instinct was that he's just announced it himself in the way that Lindelof did, and now he's getting all this attention, so that's going to help his agents get him other work. Uh, but then I asked Sparrow about it, and Sparrow did not clarify whether that uh, that's exactly what happened. Uh, uh, they indicated, however, that what's been happening the past few days is that Lucasfilm, the story group, after Mr. Lonzo was let go, and Mr. Lindelof was told, you're out, it was such a, it was a, such a double whammy for these people that they desperately just according to the sparrow they've been running around trying to get whoever contacts they have in the industry can you you got something can you pitch me something you have an idea you have a script oh you have a western well maybe can we do that western science fiction maybe we can pitch it to the star wars project so just ask the people send me stuff send me stuff because they want to go to the higher ups within disney and say don't fire me don't alonzo me look i've got this great project in development and then sparrow claimed it, it and as far as saying it very they're being very specific with their language they're not saying this is true they're saying what they believe so yeah. Sparrow said to me, they believe that this denied, uh, not denied, Stephen denied, it's a different filmmaker. Stephen Knight's announcement is the result of essentially that process where Mr. Knight submitted some some idea to a Lucasfilm story group and somehow in their conversations got that impression, oh, that would be great to replace what we were trying to do with Damon. And in his excitement, he thought he has a, he has a done deal and he's announcing it. It's kind of what like Mr. Lindelof did. So that's Sparrow's belief that this is, this project, Mr. Knight, I mean, and I'm. this is going to sound bad, again, Mr. Knight's a talented guy, but just in the Hollywood pyramid of things today, Lindelof has more prestige and power than, than, than Mr. Knight does. So now you've got Mr. Knight, who isn't really a feature filmmaker anymore, makes small independent films, and you've got, uh, you know, Charmaine Obey Chinoy, who's won two Oscars for documentaries, who's never made a feature film, her only, her only, her only dramatic feature, uh, you know, dramatic filmmaking experience is two episodes of Ms. Marvel. And I have several friends who worked on Ms. Marvel and the, the and by Ms. Ms. Obage and I put it out herself. The show, the shows were heavily reshot. She yeah. put out social media posts of herself a year later back on set. The whole thing had to be reshot. So she's new to this. She's new to dramatic filmmaking. To give her give her a hundred million dollars, two hundred million dollars to make a Star Wars movie when when Iger five days ago, ten days ago, saying we're going to be really careful about what we put out next. He said that, and then even with Lindelof, like, well, Lindelof is a player, whether one likes his work or not. He's made movies with Ridley Scott. You know, he's a player in the town. He's out. And this guy's guy's making some TV shows. Hasn't 
he won an Oscar or nominated 20 years ago, and Ms. Chinoy has ever made a movie. This isn't really the caliber of a Star Wars film. It's just not yeah. as of today. Well, and and you mentioned with Lindelof and Knight both uh, jumping the gun, announcing things. It kind of reminds me, if I remember correctly, didn't we have that same kind of situation with the Acolyte? I mean, I know it was announced formally, you know, Kathleen Kennedy said, we've got this new project called the Acolyte. But didn't we have that announced premature oh, before yeah. before times. that? Yeah, Multiple okay. times. I mean, this thing, I go back to my Patreon. I've been talking about this since, like, 2021. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I was talking about it back then because she announced in 2021 that that there, there was this acolyte show and they had Amanda Stenberg, who again was not a prominent actress. God bless her, she's still not a prominent actress, right? Yeah. She's not a name that most people off their come off the uh, name, you know, off the tip of their tongue. And that was the first name announced. And then and then you know we didn't hear anything for about a year until essentially right around the time Bob Taper was let go. There was some flurry of announcements that this actor, you know, you know, you know, this gentleman's going here and that gentleman. And, and, and what's what I've said, and I say this as a minority person of color of myself, what was interesting, they're all people, they're all minorities, right? There's, like, and, you know, it's like, and to me, I was really like, well, this is, this is a shielding technique, uh, technique such as Ms. Alonzo does surround yourself. You, you can't cancel this project. We've got LGBTQ minorities. The whole project is that. Right. So are you against minorities and LGBTQ? I mean, finally, they got one white person in the project. It was announced <laughs> Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix yeah. was going to, and then it was announced she was the lead. The lead keeps changing. Lee Jung Jai is supposedly the lead. Amanda Sternberg is the lead. Now suddenly it was Carrie Ann Moss. That was in the trades. That's well, a big deal. And but early. Have you heard anything more of Carrie Ann Moss? Yeah. You, and, you, you, your name mentioned in these articles about the acolyte. Well, and early on, the, the, the very, very, very first rumors that we were hearing about this stuff was this might be a vehicle for Brie Larson because it's a high Correct, republic. Even before show. that. So this, and there's a story of the week. And so with the Carrie Ann Moss situation, uh, you know, Sparrow had said to me months ago, look, she she ain't, she has got nothing to do with this. She probably she agreed to like it. When you're ready, let me know and I'll film with you. Yeah. But she's off running her, you know, she's got Annapurna, her lifestyle brand. She's managing that. And we're seeing even in the the photos, the set photos that were sent out, legend set photos that were sent out months ago, you know, I don't even see Amanda Stenberg. I don't even see her, right? I don't. Where's Carrie Ann Moss? If you've got set photos, show us Carrie Ann Moss in Jedi robes or whatever her role is. That's well, going to hit the front pages of Variety. That's not happening. We're so, seeing all these side characters, and so, and then we don't see any photos anymore. Yeah. So and, here's and here's where we get into a little bit of odd. What do we do with this? Because you mentioned earlier uh, misinformation, disinformation, people putting stuff out there that's not true to to sideline a lot of YouTubers and and pundits and you know people and, like and yourself. They, and I'm sure stuff. they're gonna. I'm sure they would love to try it with me. Maybe they are trying it with me. But, but there's I the one I've got. Yeah. There's also there's also I guess um, some some of this information maybe getting misinterpreted because a lot of people are seeing. I mean, you're you're coming one side saying the acolyte is not happening. It's vaporware. It's all on paper. It doesn't exist. Where we have other people out there in the in the in the fandom sphere, you know, here's this documentation. Here's this document. Here's this photograph and everything. And there are people out there who who believe that this actually is happening. They're shooting now in the UK. How do how do we how do we parse and discern the truth here about what's going on with this thing? 
Well, let's look at the let's uh, look at the claims that are made, right? And this is not a criticism of anyone who who believes I'm wrong and sure. believes that this is self-evidently being filmed and I'm being fed misinformation. And I am you, not trying to stir up drama. <laughs> there's no drama. There's, clear, I, yeah. If I am not inside of Lucasfilm with my own eyes watching this, I'm yeah. only conveying information by people that I who I now know and I've come to trust. And the information conflicts with what other people are saying. So just look at the information that that is being put out in the fandom as evidence. To my knowledge, the greatest bit of information is, well, here's some paperwork that they've set up some shell companies. Okay, the, to, to my knowledge, that's the extent of it. And here's some films. And look, there's this random, you know, on the Canary Islands, some local newspapers claiming they're going to be there soon. I mean, that's the extent of it, right? So let's look at each of those individual pieces. So with regard to there's an LLC, a production company in the UK, in America. So what? I've, I've got empty LLC shell companies. I mean, yeah. it, it, you know. You pay 500 bucks, you get it done. Right? I mean, that's paperwork. That's paperwork in order for you to establish uh, a legal vehicle to exist when you start working on things, right? Uh, I, you know, very, I remember I had the first LLC for a film project that I created out of my own pocket when I was a nobody wannabe in this town. It was like 2003, right? Yeah. And, and I just paid 500 bucks to biz, bizfilings.com and filed the paperwork. And I had Pasha Entertainment LLC that was, and then those projects, well, it was early in my career. None of that ever happened. And eventually, after several years, I just got tired of paying the $50 annual renewal fee and I just let those expire, right? Yeah. But that was the extent of the commitment there. And so every, every film production has multiple empty vehicles all over the world. And that's to me, is not particularly compelling evidence. That doesn't mean anything, right? Uh, if you want, okay, so that that's not, that doesn't mean anything at all. I mean, I don't even know why that's being presented as some kind of evidence. Well, of course, of course, even if if all you if, if all you were doing was filming one day's worth of sizzle reel material, for tax purposes, you're going to create an LLC vehicle to right. run the account through. I mean, that's it. For one day's worth of work, which, you know, Ms. 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 McCarthy is claiming she was fired after two weeks worth of work, right? <laughs> and But she had to have been made a deal with some kind of LLC to do it, right? And so they, the deal, you know, uh, and so that's self-evident to me, to me. So I don't know what that, how that's not evidence. And then we look at these photos that were put out there. Again, I don't think they're particularly impressive. Sparrow has said to me, this is what Sparrow claims is happening. Says, yo, yeah, something's filming. You know, the claim, the official claim that the fandom many people believe is that there's a full series here. Now, Jason, I think you know that most of these shows, a Disney Star Wars show, you know, let's say eight episodes, 10 episodes, we're talking 80 to 100, 100 million plus budget, right? With the amount right. of special effects. And I mean, this is Star Wars. They're not, they don't screw around. They're not, they're not making, I've worked with CW, they ain't making a CW show for, you know, <laughs> a $2 million, you know, they're not doing that, right? Yeah. Uh, they've got the money for it. If you're going to, you, you think Mandalorian isn't several hundred million dollars of production? Of course it is, right? So, with that kind of budget, we got a couple of sort of foggy photos of a couple people in sort of mediocre looking costumes. So so what Sparrow was telling me months ago is like, look, they, they have a small budget to film what he calls a presentation, which I know what that is. I've, I've done those. Presentations are basically the, the studio won't give you $10 million for a pilot, much less $100 million for the show. But say, look, you know what? Here's, here's 500000 bucks. Here's a million bucks. Go film. A, a sizzle reel of take you have a bunch of scripts written great take that scene from the pilot take that scene from episode two take that scene from and create a narrative trailer essentially sure right show us what it's going to look like and then we'll decide and and just recently if you go to deadline several uh projects were recently announced in the deadline where they were like oh this came off of a presentation right okay well so they were given enough money and the presentation impressed the executives to then green light the whole show that's normal been there since the 22 years that I've been there. I've seen that kind of. It's so, the Hollywood equivalent of the PowerPoint presentation. 
exactly. But yeah. with more money involved. So it's ain't five bucks, right? Yeah. So that's what Farrell's telling me. He's like, oh, yeah. So people said people are being fed an illusion. There is filming, you know. You know, you'll be there. People say, well, I heard my friend was art person on this. And they said, well, of course they were. They were brought in to work on this presentation. It's a real thing. It's a few weeks worth of work. It's money, right? It ain't $100 million. And the reason to me, I've got to say this whole narrative, if people don't have to believe me, they, they don't have to believe me, but just look at the information. Look at the simplest thing. You've got Karen McCarthy, a major executive producer, line producer who runs big shows, suing Lucasfilm, and you know because she claimed that she she turned down an offer to work on an Apple TV show with Colin Farrell for for a job on the Acolyte, and then they didn't pay her. And basically, after two weeks, they're like, oh, "We don't need your help anymore." And she's like, "Well, I have a contract for whatever the period of the supposed series is. You owe me." Eight hundred thousand, one million dollars. That's what someone like that is making, right? On a on project to project, easily. So, and they're like, oh, "Here's five thousand bucks. Go away." I mean, I want to ask people. Even if you think my sparrow is is a lying misinformation agent inside of Lucasfilm, fine. Does that make sense? You have a you, the claim is there is a fully funded filming series, multiple episodes, that's at least $50 million, probably 100 or more at that scale. Right. And they can't make this woman get this one more than 5,000 bucks so that she doesn't sue them, and which creates major drama. Nobody sues in Hollywood unless they're against the wall because it hurts their long-term employability because people say, I don't want to hire this person, they might sue me later, right? You yeah. have to be desperate to do it. You have to be really offended to do it. Didn't I've, I've said, I've worked on TV series where there were four executive producers who got that title because they hooked up the somebody with somebody. And they were never on set, they were never in the room, they never read a script, and they were, and I could see the budget. They were being given half a million to a million dollars a year just for facilitating the connection. Right. And they got credit. So these are these are CW projects and other projects which which aren't a hundred million dollars. And they were being they were being given you know substantial portion of the budget to make these people happy and get them out. Well, right? I've even made the point. Karen McCarthy can't be given more five thousand bucks. The story doesn't make sense. Yeah. I mean, I, in in my own experience, I had a, a a romantic comedy feature film that I made, and one member of the cast had managed to connect us with somebody with money, who came on as an executive producer, and so I gave him an associate producer credit for making you know making that connection for us so you're right yeah i mean you, you do one thing and you can get this sometimes it's even a vanity credit sure. but for somebody for somebody of 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 uh karen mccarthy's stature and you have to think that disney will do anything to make sure this doesn't go to discovery because what what does that reveal? I I would love for this to go to discovery because I want to know oh, what's it won't going get on. That far. I know it won't, but it, at the same time, you just you just ache for something like that to happen so it could get it get gets out in public and we finally learn what's going on in there. Well, let me let me get people may not know who this woman is, so I'm going to just give a couple of credits here. Okay. These are the projects she's worked on that she's produced: <laughs> House of Cards, John Adams. You know, this highly, highly award-winning miniseries, Ballers with The Rock, HBO, right? Stranger Than Fiction. This is people this is something that works with, with people like The Rock, like you know, like like Tom Hanks. I mean, this is this is someone who is very high level who would turn down a chance to be an executive producer on an Apple Plus show with Colin Farrell called Sugar. 
Apple Plus, I know because I have friends working at Apple Plus. They give a lot of money. Yeah. A lot because they got money to throw away. It's Apple. You know, they they they'll you know, they'll they'll give you three million bucks just so you don't take the job at Lucasfilm, right? So she obviously believed in this enough to walk away from a substantial amount of money saying, I want to be involved in Star Wars, right? And if people look at the context that why would somebody who's working on House of Cards claim Lucasfilm defrauded her? The story doesn't make sense. And it, it saddens me to see so many people in the fandom just say, well, look, here's a piece of paper that says they're they're filming in, in the UK. It shows a level, a lack of of, of intellectual curiosity. Mm. It shows a lack of ability to analyze any information. Well, how does that, why is she suing? Well, I guess we'll have to find out. Like, that's not the answer. If you're going to put yourself out there uh, as any kind of an analytical expert on this industry, you can't say, I don't know. You can say, I'm speculating, but you can't say, well, I'm not sure why that's happening. Well, guess we'll find out. Don't put yourself out there saying stuff like that because it's going to destroy your credibility, right? I, I put myself out there with speculation it's often it takes a long time to prove that speculation, but I've largely been proven right over time. You know, this can this thing that just happened with Victor Alonso. I was saying for a long time that someone much higher level than these DEI people is about to let be let go because that's what I was hearing from Sparrow and others. And you know, I put my name out in the line, and so far I keep landing intact. And right. other people are not going to land intact here because they're not analyzing what's happening here. They're not so they're not able to put two and two together. They say, well, this press release came out. Right. Here's something that this this website showing a, a photo. Can you analyze it? Does it make sense? And I've yet to hear one person explain why Karen McCarthy could not be given more than $5,000 so she had to sue off of a 50 to $100 million production. It doesn't make sense. The only answer to me setting anything Sparrow has said the only answer is there is no fifty to hundred million dollar production. There may yeah. be a five million dollar production of something. There may be one million dollars, but it was enough that they're like, oh, we can't get this woman. We can't get this woman a million bucks. It's gonna take away our ability to film something because that's the level of their budget. So well, that's just the level of analysis you have to do if you're a serious human being. If yeah. you're not, then I don't know why you're in this game. Let me ask you this: with the regards to the lawsuit, there are four different charges that she's bringing. Mm -hmm. One is breach of contract. One is uh, not, I, I can't remember the exact legal term, but not acting in good faith. Yes. Uh, failure to pay. And then there was one other one. Out, out of those four, which which one does the most harm to Lucasfilm? And which one of those is the most risk for Karen McCarthy, do you think? For Karen McCarthy, the risk for her to, yeah. of losing the case? Yeah. Okay, so let I think the most damaging thing is the breach of contract, right? Because Ms. McCarthy claims I don't I don't think she claims she had she sat down with her lawyers and and put out a thirty page contract they signed. That's not how television works. Yeah, I know because I've worked twenty years in television. What happens in television is you have a quick you know through your agents or whatever representative you have a quick conversation with business affairs. They lay out essentially a bullet point thing. You're going to be making thirty thousand dollars a week. This is the thing. This is your profit participation. And it's a bullet point one page, right? It's not a legal document. And that I have a bunch of those and my agents will send me like, here, these are the terms. Yeah, they're right? called I'm deal memos. A deal memo. They're not, they're, yeah. And they're often deal bullet points because that level, because of the issue of breach of trust. At that level of the game, you expect that if, if Warner Brothers or Universal or Lucasfilm is going to send you a bullet point that you're making $800,000 over the course of this season, right? That's a done deal. That's an offer. And the acceptance is in, okay, we're done. The way I know it's done, I get the contracts, the legal contracts 
for my TV shows that I've worked on, usually nine months later. Often the show is canceled by the time my lawyer gets me <laughs> to sign the contract. It's like, well, you got to do it for paperwork and records. you got to sign it. I was like, the show finished. I was like, well, sign it. Yeah. But the deal is made upon the simple words my agents say, uh, you know, closed. That's it. We're closed. We're closed. And that's it. And so she had that exchange. These are the numbers. This is what we're going to give you with someone at Lucasfilm, probably Ms. Hedlund. And Ms. Hedlund, in my opinion, was probably just going to use her name and say, look, I've got Kat, yeah, you know, Kat, Karen McCarthy from House of Cards. It's a real production. Bob, please give me more money to make it. And then Bob's like, no, 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 we're not making the show. What are you talking about? Why'd you make a deal with her? No, we're not doing this, right? Uh, and so then she's like, oh, crap. Now, I just made an offer to her and she accepted. Can you, can you get 5000 bucks and just close this out? So that's the most dangerous thing for Lucasfilm. For Ms. Right. McCarthy, I don't know what the danger could be. She's either she either has this email with this with these production points or she doesn't. Yeah. She wouldn't be able to sue if she didn't have something. So I don't know what the danger is. That's why I think she's got all the cards, literally. What about the audio that's out there apparently from the Morgan Stanley uh, meeting where Bob Iger appar apparently unsolicited said that he's seen footage from the Acolyte and it's the next brilliant thing that's coming out of Star Wars. What do you make of that? So, there's, again, I ask people to put on their analytical hat with that. Question one, when was that conversation or when was that thing said? Question one, that was said 24 hours after the after the Acolyte lawsuit was announced. Right. So, and now, where was it said? It was said at Morgan Stanley, which is investors. All the so money investors people. at investor conference. Yeah? Yeah. So, so now you are 24 hours after a famous, uh, powerful executive producer is suing uh, a Disney production, and you're at an investor conference, you know that people are going to want to know what's happening there, Bob. What's going on? So what you do is, what a basic thing, what would you do? What you do is you would quickly, preemptively drop a little nice thing to end the conversation before anyone asks questions about a lawsuit. You say, ah, oh, I saw the Aqualite. It was great. And you hope that that, that, that uh, thing will be enough to get people off your back. And amazingly, it was, because guess what happened? Not one single trade, not Variety, not Deadline, not Hollywood Reporter, not The Wrap, right, reported that. That's newsworthy. It is, for initially, I thought even that didn't happen because I didn't see it in the trades. And someone was able to hear it. an audio of him saying this. I was like, well, then why didn't Variety report on that? I mean, the day before, they're reporting quite breathlessly that Karen McCarthy is suing. It's worthy of, it's newsworthy to say the CEO of Disney has made positive comments about this project that is now facing a lawsuit. Right. That means supporting it. The trades, not one trade reported it because I'm guessing the trades figured out the story isn't kosher. It's not making sense. We want to back away from all of this, right? And they kept quiet. Who reported it? A couple of people heard it and put it on Twitter, right? And then the fandom ran with it. So just ask, even if one does not believe the things that I'm hearing, that there's an internal investigation, all that stuff, what else? Let's assume everything else I've been told is not true. Fine. What else would would Bob uh, Iger do the day after of a lawsuit against a high-profile uh, Lucasfilm project? He's going to make it go away by saying a couple of nice things about it and then drop the conversation. That is what you do politically. If people don't understand that, they're not ready for... Well, for being a manager on any level at that at that this? level, uh, you know, Bob, I, you know, that that level in the C-suite, if you if you so much as no comment something, that's blood in the water. They automatically know that exactly. there's something there. You got to swap. It's a it's great. It's wonderful. I saw some footage last night. It was the best thing I've ever seen. Next next question. Yeah. Oh, what else you want to talk about? Oh, everyone's like, oh, everything's fine. It's fine. And the thing is, it works because look at the fandom. 
99% of the fandom believed it, even though the trades didn't report it. This is what makes me sometimes very frustrated and flustered and sad in my interactions with the fandom because they fall for this. Why do these people do this? Why has Hedlund been telling this story for a year? Why was Damon Lindelof for nine months putting out I've Got a Movie and it goes away like that without explanation, right? Yeah. A month ago, prominent YouTubers are, are giving details of this movie. Grogu is going to be in it. It proves that, you know, Ray is going to be in it. The sequel trilogy is coming. No, are none of these people embarrassed and ashamed? I'm shocked. I mean, you're being targeted for misinformation because it's working. It's working on all of you. I, I work on TV shows where we sit in a room and go, how do we spin this narrative? I've sat there with other producers on TV shows. We're like, this is going to get out on, on, uh, on, in those days, Facebook was big. And you did, right. like, how do we, how do we, how do we make the audience believe this about this? Right. It's well, the alternative is to, to, to do the, the Russell Davies method where I'm, I'm going to tell, a, I'm going to tell the truth, but it's going to be stuck in the middle of all of these other lies and we all know that I'm having fun with it, and you have to figure out which one of these is is the truth that I'm telling, because everything else is false. Yeah, you know, we've not, gotten. You know, Hollywood has has taken obfuscation and and dishonesty to a to a higher level in terms of marketing a project. We're going to lie about it as part of our advertising, and and I think it's it's on the one hand it's dishonest and unethical, but on the other hand, you know, you get to this point where you can't believe anybody on anything. Correct. This is because it, the whole, as a film professor of mine said to me in film school over 20 years ago, they said to me, it's not that appearances matter in Hollywood. Yeah. That's all there is. Nothing is real. Even movies just appear to move. They're just photos on a film reel. Or now they're pixels that are right. changing. Right. They're not, none of it is real. And the industry has 100 plus years of manipulating public opinion globally. This is not something they've learned to do last week. Yeah. Well, and, and as Stephanie and so, points out, know. yeah, Stephanie points out in the chat, I mean, Iger's a politician. And that goes back to his previous tenure as CEO when everybody was looking at him and saying, okay, well, he's going to run for president at some point. He's got to burnish his reputation here and, and save whatever it is that he's got left and, okay, we've got to lay off 7,000 people. We've got to lay off another 4,000 people. We have to save the company and make it profitable again so I can then turn that around and use that for whatever is, is next for him in terms of politics. Exactly. And it's just, you know, we have to be able to under, we have to be able to analyze these information. The, the fandom for the last six years has been presented garbage from the beginning. Yeah. That's self-evident garbage that I knew in 2016, 2017, 2018 was garbage. And they're still buying it. You know, yesterday on my Patreon, people were flooding me with, look, there's this random fan site that says the, the, that says the, the Ryan Johnson trilogy is not happening. It's been announced <laughs> at last. I'm like, brother, you, you believe the Ryan Johnson trilogy is happening in 2023? I knew it, was, it wasn't happening in 2017. Yeah. I knew it when he was talking then and he couldn't give any details. And then six months went by, there were no details. And every time he was asked about it, he's like, we're still working on it. A year, two years. We're six years later and you're believing that this was ever real? 
but people are still believing it. And this makes me sad because yeah. I'm like, come on, you're all smarter than this. Hollywood <laughs> thinks you're dumb. Don't devolve to this level where everything is a knee-jerk reaction, where it's like, oh my God, a creature that, that I saw in the sequel trilogy shows up in, in The Mandalorian. That must mean Kylo Ren is coming. Yeah. Well, what about, why did, well, why did, get, why did uh, John Favreau remove Kylo Ren from the opening credits of Mandalorian this season? I don't know. All I know is I'm having an emotional reaction to seeing Babu Frick like things. It's hurting me so much that I have to overreact. Like, you're falling for this crap. You're smarter than this. The industry well, thinks you're not, and you're falling to the level that, that it, they think you're not. It doesn't help that we have sites out there like Giant Freaking Robot or or, or uh, We Got This Covered or uh, you know that kind of thing. You're naming I them. Mean, you're going for it, brother. <laughs> I mean, Giant Freaking Robot's got a headline right now, Star Trek Dominion War series is in development. And I was like, there's no way that they are do- doing anything like that. You know, but they they sit there and they go from our trusted and proven sources, and so okay, I mean that's that's not any different from trust me, bro. I mean, who who are these sources? Who are you telling? You're sitting here and telling me that you actually had face to face meetings with in with Sparrow, employee, yes. with people who are in on the inside. You vetted them as much as you can, and from what you know, what little you can tell us public publicly about who they are. I like somebody came up in the in the chat earlier you're, to to call them cheap throats, you know, cheap as in birds because they're yeah. they've all got birds. Yeah. yeah, but so, uh, it, it, it's it's sad because it's pulling the fandom down. Yeah, uh, fandom is being the. I understand that the industry is manipulating people. I know that's all we do. I understand that. Why are why are the fans manipulating each other? That I don't understand. And when you ask questions. Does this make any sense? You know, when people are saying in 2023, uh, they're asking me, what do you think about the Ryan Johnson trilogy? I'm like, brother, come on, use your common sense at some point. Yeah. Just use your common sense. And you and I ask them, well, why do you th- what why do you think John Favreau would build the sequel trilogy? What's the economic value of it? They never he's have not. an answer. And they're like, well, he's woke. I'm like, what evidence do you have that John Favreau's woke? Wouldn't Amanda be a very different show all the time? Well, I didn't like Boba Fett. That's my evidence. I was like, could Boba Fett have been a rapidly rewritten show after Gina Carano was fired? And so it wasn't that good? Does that fit the context of data that we have? Uh, I just want to be angry. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Ang- for some, for some, anger sells. I mean, clickbait, rage bait. I mean, that that's, you know, the outrage media. That's something, something that we've never leaned into. And I think because of that, uh, you know, we haven't grown as quickly as some other channels have because we're not sitting there going every every single time a headline drops. And I think there's there's you know some but, but some channels great, are seeing. But you have a good reputation within the industry as a result of that. That's why you're able to get like prominent act- actresses from you know Ms. Marvel on here, right? Yeah. You're able to get sophisticated people to talk because people realize they're not going to have. Their reputation in the industry is not going to go down by being, uh, you know, things. There's quite a few channels that I no longer, some have told me I'm no longer needed there. Thank you very much. Because yep. I don't fit the narrative. And that's fine. Mutual. And the, there's others. I'm like, you know what? I, I don't feel like going on here because it's actually f- affecting my reputation. This person is saying stuff that makes no sense and then brings me on to present what I what I believe to be the truth. Right. But I like that. I'm, I, it's like the opposite of what you described, Jason. The, the the lie hidden, you know, the the lie hidden amongst the truth. I'm the truth hidden amongst the lies. And you get tainted by it. They're like, hey, I heard you are on XYZ channel. They were saying this and that, this and that. 
I mean, it makes me look like an idiot to my colleagues in Hollywood. I know that because guess what? In the last few weeks, I've started getting DMs from fellow screen editors who said, I saw you on XYZ channel. That was good analysis. Yeah. They're watching this stuff. That's good. And so, you know, people, one of them very prominent, like this person's written several big Marvel movies, yeah. said, hey, is this is this true that you said? I was like, yeah, I got it from this person. I was like, wow, that's great. I don't have to blow my reputation with people that can give me work in this town. Yeah. Well, and and something you just said fills me with a, a, a small sense of dread <coughs> that that there is even a possibility that our channel has a reputation in Hollywood. Like, hang on, let's 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 not think too hard on that because I don't know. I don't. I I probably would lose sleep over that, but. The, the whatever reputation is, is a good one because it's a good channel. People should continue to subscribe to it. You do sophisticated analysis. Not everything you say will always align with what I'm saying. Sure. But you're always trying to do authentic. You know, I've been in your home. I've been there. I've met your family. Uh, we've done it one-to-one. You're, you're, you're a real person who's actually trying to make something slow and steady here that's a, that that's an honest thing for the fans. And, and you're not chasing the, the heroin high of a silly story that gets everyone riled up and pressing buttons. You're trying to, t- and that's going to be your long-term success because I'm telling you, um, on my Patreon, people have been sending me DMs like this person, that person, this channel. Like, I can't watch them anymore because they're in bizarro land. Yeah. I mean, even they, like, this, what they're saying doesn't make any sense to me anymore. And yeah. I'm like, but yeah. but it makes sense to the average angry person who just wants to be angry. That's not a sustainable business model, and they're going to learn that this year. Well, and the other part of that too is you have to you have to consider not just the fandom because that's a niche audience, but yeah. you also have the the normal crowd, the John Q. Public crowd, who suddenly wait a minute, why did Gina Carano get fired? And now the general public starts to pay attention to stuff that they otherwise would be completely oblivious to. And now they go looking for that information. And so as new media, excuse me, as new media, alternative media, we've got a responsibility to them as well. We're not just playing to the fandom. We're, we're, but but, but you see, that's your philosophy. Yeah. Your philosophy is that you're trying to actually be an authentic commentator, right? For the general public, that's what this channel has always been, in my opinion, right? Uh, and not everyone shares that shares that goal. Uh, you know, look, look, I could be proven wrong. I've never, I, I, I hope I'm not a liar. I've, I've always presented, like when I present it to you with my information from these different sources, I present the context, I present why they believe them, I present when they're right. Uh, it's always possible I'm being lied to. Yeah. Because at this point, would be, you're being lied to because I know who they are, right? <laughs> so far, <laughs> they, have, they keep being right. So I don't know if they're playing a, a long 10-year game to embarrass me at the end of that game, right? I don't know. Right now, they seem to keep hitting the marks. And and if they don't hit the marks, if, if you know, if six months from now, we've got the Acolyte, you know, released, I don't know if anyone's going to watch it, I'll say, I'll talk to my sources and say, so what happened here? You told me all this stuff. Yeah. I don't think that phenomenon is going to happen. I just don't see it because it, none of... The version of events that I'm presenting lines up with what seems to be happening in the broader industry. The version of events I'm hearing being thrown around, it's like the Phantom Zone. So I'm actually getting a knock, which means I have to get ready to go. So I should start saying my farewells. Okay. All right. And just real quick, Death Angel Shadow in the chat with a $5 super chat. Kudos to Cameron for coming on the show today. Love seeing your perspective every time. Keep up the great work. So, so Pete, and and I know every time I mention Cameron's coming on the show, everybody's like, I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Everybody uh, likes uh, hearing your perspective on things. And you can find all of that over on Patreon.com. And we've got a link to that in the notes. Anybody goes, uh, goes over there to support him. Cameron, what have you got uh, coming up for anybody that needs to know where you are next? 
Well, the next thing is the Patreon. The link will be there in, in the chat. And, you know, a bunch of people have recently subscribed. And, you know, a lot of newbies are coming to whom who are still buying the official narratives of things. So a lot of my time has been spent this week explaining. I was like, no, I don't I don't think there's a Ryan Johnson trilogy. I mean, a lot of my time is going into, into getting people up to speed now that they're joining the Patreon because they've been listening to this stuff for a few years, right? Yeah. Uh, so, but just join me there. That's the best way to get, get in touch with me. Uh, once you're there, you're getting these exclusives that I'm getting. Uh, and you're, I'm also putting stuff out about how to, you know, screenwriting advice and all this stuff. And you know, an analysis of the general news, which so far people seem to be very happy with. And it is, my Patreon is expanding just like your, your channels. Expanding. I, I just had a thought. You know what you should do? <clears throat> you should put together a video mm-hmm. very much like Michael Pena's character in Ant-Man mm-hmm. that just goes through, here's everything, and just spell the whole thing. Here's the whole timeline and... I, 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 I would love to. I actually am a working screenwriter, so I don't have time for that. Right. <laughs> so, so, but I wish I could. So, but on that note, I'm, I have a meeting that's just knocking on the door, so I'm okay. ready to go. All I'm right. Say my farewells. I want to stick around uh, for for Jason's final comments and thank you. Continue to support his channel. You know, he's a, he's a man. He's a, he's a guy who's trying to do his best. I'm not. He doesn't have to endorse everything I'm saying, but the fact that he lets me say it and brings his own uh, you know honest analysis says a lot about him. I appreciate that, sir. It's always good to have you on the show. Thank you. I'll talk to you all soon. God all right. You. Have fun uh, with your meeting, and I uh, will uh, have him back on very, very soon, hopefully. Okay, so uh, one last thing that I want to do before before we head out. Um, I, I have neglected to mention, it is March 23rd, 2023. Now, back on March 23rd... <laughs> Excuse me. Back on March 23rd, 2009, we got started, which means today is our 14th anniversary. And I'm not making a huge deal of it because it's, you know, 14 years. It's kind of an odd anniversary day. And so, you know, it's like, uh, you know, it's just another day. But I did get a box in the mail yesterday, so I'm going to open a box. We'll open presents for our 14th birthday. What do you think? And then then we'll close out. So good to see all of you here in the chat. I know the chat has been going by, and I've looked at it, and I've seen things, but uh, I didn't want to interrupt too much with Cameron because he doesn't have a lot of time to show up on these things. Uh, But, yeah, I... It's it's always good to see everybody having those conversations. And you can continue those conversations over on our Discord server. And I know Death Angel Shadow is probably going to drop that link in the chat. Let me do this without stabbing myself in the, in the wrist. This is from Warner Home Video. I'm going to make a guess. Now, this is what I used to do at Christmas. It drove my sister nuts because I could pick up a package and kind of guess what's in it. This is from, you can see on the label, it's from Warner Home Video. So I'm going to guess that this is a, <laughs> a Stone Martin Weasel's repellent kit. Oh, God, I wish. Right? Uh, I'm going to guess that this is the new Batman movie, uh, The Doom That Came to Gotham. So let's see what we see. No, uh, no, no bubble wrap for Mrs. Boss, sadly. Lots of, lots of brown paper in these packages. Hey, look at this. The doom they came to Gotham. Uh, You know, this is what happens when you pay attention to the press releases and the emails that you get for the last month. So that's, that's, yeah, that'll be good. Add that to the pile of stuff that I've got to review, and it's a very large pile. 
Uh, but anyway, yeah, there we are. Okay, um, what else do we have? Uh, very quick, <coughs> for anybody who cares, uh, there is this. Uh, Fandom in Poland have uh, submitted an open letter to the board of Worldcon 2023 trying to get them to disinvite their guest of honor, Sergei Lukyanenko, uh, who is very outspoken against Ukraine, fantasizes about beating Ukrainian children, um, very much uh, in favor of Mother Russia. Look, folks, if you have any interest in Worldcon at all, you need to understand that the people that are that are hosting it in China, because China is a host of, of Worldcon this year, they are aligned politically with Russia. You are not going to get a pro-Russia person disinvited from an event in China. Worldcon is imploding upon itself. This is the snake eating its own tail. And there are consequences to choices. You, you made this bed back in 2013, 2014, 2015 when you decided to go completely political with the event. All that sad puppy stuff just brought that out and put it front and center for a spotlight to get on it. Worldcon has done this to itself. My thinking. So you're you're not going to get this guy disinvited. You're not going to have a whole lot of people that are going to go to Worldcon in China. There are people that are on the left. There are pro progressives and it's like, well, I just don't know about China hosting the thing. Why not? These are the people that hold the same kind of political views you do. You should feel right at home. <clears throat> I don't know. Anyway, so so there's that. It's never it's never going to happen. Uh, so anyway, all right, that's going to do it for today's show. Tomorrow on the program, let me see if I've got this. Do I have this? Let me let me let me get it. Let me get it because tomorrow is Friday, and you know what that means. Those of you who have been here, those of you who are brand new, and I see a lot of people in the chat still. Uh, oh, Friday on this show is Open Line Friday, which means you can all call in through uh, through StreamYard, <coughs> and you can be part of the program. It's usually a longer show, and I usually don't have very many people call in. So there's plenty of opportunity. If you want to say, say what you're thinking, speak your mind, uh, uh, share your thoughts, comments, questions, uh, you can do that tomorrow. And then tonight on the, on the channel... Uh, we have, let me get here this graphic here, there it is. Tonight on the program, The Ranker Pit. It is our discussion of things related to Star Wars, and I'm sure we'll talk about stuff that was discussed today. Uh, we have um, uh, two episodes of Mandalorian and two episodes of, of Bad Batch to discuss. So, uh, so those are coming up uh, tonight, along with what we, we'll probably talk about stuff that's going on, what Cameron's been talking about, the things with uh, Victoria Alonso and the stuff going on inside Lucasfilm. We'll talk about that as well. Uh, time tomorrow on the show. This, uh, this program here, Live from the Bunker, is on at 1 p.m. Eastern every day. So Monday through Open Line Friday, 1 p.m. Eastern. It's appointment television. And uh, let me give you here, this is the lineup. These are all of the programs that we have. You can screenshot that. We are appointment television, so you can see all of the different times. Uh, I need to get some new Vault of the Killer Bees episodes uploaded for, for people to catch up. 
But there's, there's everything that we've got. Saturday morning, Good Morning Multiverse is our news program. And uh, we have a lot of news, a lot of talk. Uh, and something in there should strike your fancy, we hope. And we've got some other stuff that's kind of on the back burner on hiatus. But we're going to be bringing those back. Uh, we've got a Doctor Who discussion program called Tardis Sauce that's coming back. Uh, we have a Star Trek discussion show called Deep Space Minds we're going to try to bring back. So lots of stuff in the hopper, and we hope you stick around to enjoy those. I want to say hi to everybody that's been watching on all of the different video platforms. And if you haven't subscribed yet, you're more than welcome to. You don't have to. We do have memberships available both on YouTube and Odyssey. If you're so inclined there, we've got the uh, Subscribestar account if anybody wants to you know, support us that way. Uh, and then, of course, we've got tons of places where you can connect with us so socially. Uh, ten different social media accounts, four video platforms, the Discord, the newsletter, all sorts of things there for connecting with our people i've i've kind of started calling them for me nation sci-fi for me for me it's, it's 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 not great but it is what it is all right that's it for us tonight today tonight ranker pit i appreciate all of you being here remember the politicians hate you the media lies to you god has a plan for you and there are four lights. This has been a presentation of SciFiForMe.com. Copyright 2023 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. You're listening to Sci-Fi For Me Radio. 